This is not kids being kept in cages. This is this is kids. This is a facility that was opened that's going to follow the same standards as other HHS facilities. Daft Punk, like, okay, sure, they hadn't released anything really since Random Access Memories, but like, I don't know. I feel like you get 28 years in the music business, everyone's gonna fucking know you, you know? Yeah. I guess what? Like, everyone's joking that it was the price paid for Bobby Shmurda getting out of prison or whatever, but it's still sad. A small price to pay for salvation. I mean, who do we have to who do we have to uh, like disband to uh, free Take though? That's the real question. Okay, but the difference is that Take actually like he was no, he was an accomplice. He was just there. I thought he physically shot like four people. No, he didn't. No, he was just there, and then he got fifty eight years because he didn't snitch on anybody else. Mm. And absolutely, in, like, and that's the same thing with Bobby Schmurda. I mean, he had he was looking down either twelve years or seven years, and then he. He or he had a shot at five years, but Rowdy Rebel, who's like the other guy that got arrested with him, who he made music with, was looking at twelve years, and so they pretty much gave him a deal that was like, if you don't, you know, you can both get seven, or you can get five, and he can get twelve. Prisoner's dilemma. And so he and he, yeah, well, pretty much. And then he took, he took the seven, so Rowdy got the seven, and it was actually, if he hadn't have taken the seven and instead would have just taken the five, he would have. Um, he would have been released on my birthday, which would have been a, a pretty nice thing. There was just, like, his planned release date if he had taken the deal. Yeah, I don't know would much about my rap birthday. music. I think we talk about rap a lot more on this podcast than any other music genre, which is just funny because I don't know anything about it. All I know is that TK's biggest song was about him uh, cutting off his ankle monitor and going on a leading police on a countrywide manhunt. I mean, look, he, he, he did the race. Trying to beat the case, he didn't beat the case, so he. I mean, did the race. So like, yeah, that's like the main sort of cultural news that we're kind of getting out of the way, uh, just because, you know, it's it it sucks, but that's how a lot of sort of creative duos go. At some point, you know, you you got to do something different. Yeah, I don't know if and, they're ever uh, gonna make music anymore individually or or what, but I think the best uh, tweet someone fired off about this though was. Um, Daft Punk set, Daft Punk was important because it showed that French people should need to hide their faces, which, Ouch. you know, any, uh, any anti-French slander I'm on board with. Okay. Unless you're disrespecting Jacques Plant, who is a fucking pioneer in goaltending. But anyway, that's, this is not a sports podcast. This is a, a oh, it podcast. has been sometimes. I mean, yeah, like we did discuss the Leafs, but we discussed the Leafs. Just, we did the whole episode. That's more. Of the that's series. more a nas- That's more an issue of like national pride. Yeah, in the summer series. Really, that's, like, true. that's true. Sports. Well, I don't know if it's a wonk podcast. I'm a wonk. You're funny. I'm just here. You're funny. I'm just. I'm on the internet. I think all you're the funny. Time. I hope our, our listeners think you're funny. Anyways, um, so let's see. What do we have? We got a kind of a busy episode this week, eh? Yeah, I mean, I just there was something that 
the that I saw today that really just reflected on like yeah Canada like on paper is a better country than the United States by pretty much any metric and any that other you can think of. Yeah, we're we're the coolest. But it's like much less exciting than America. And I think that extends to like our political discourse cuz like the NDP tweeted out like because the the recent news is that there's like going to be the first there was uh, official yeah there sorry there was the first official meeting between Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau yeah so and and, and, and specifically it was uh, Biden's first ever sort of I guess quote unquote in person like video meeting yeah. with any I mean look leader and it was like I JT, always so. say I I really really hope that. I can get my hands on whatever they pumped him full of to have, like, the energy for Justin. Because I think, like, I feel like Pierre Elliott Trudeau was, like, the kind of guy that, like, Biden looked up to back when his brain worked properly. Well, because they met, so, too. Yeah, so I think, like, if if we could somehow manage to implicate uh, Joe Biden in the whole, like, um, Justin Trudeau slash, like, Castro truther thing... Mm. I think if we could find some way to implicate like both the Bidens in that, that'd be really funny. Yeah, because it's funny. It's like, because I remember when JT had his first meeting with the Queen after he became Prime Minister, you know, he walks in, you know, to her little office in Buckingham, and for the part that was filmed, she's like, it's been a while since we've spoken. And he's like, yeah, I was probably about three feet short or whatever, funny, funny. And it's probably the exact same with Biden. Yeah, he's like, oh, hey, I... You, you know, I remember the, that that Pierre fella. He, he, I, I tell you, he he. Uh, we saw maple trees. You know, and... I figure, I figure, um, Pierre and young Biden would would have gotten along in a way that that JT and, and older Biden. Because I, they're yeah, they're both like, like complete alpha male personalities. I mean, yeah, like the like Pierre Elliott. You know, say what you will about him. Um, there was a book that um. I was given probably when I was like 12 or 13, just starting to get into like, you know, thinking about politics and it's called bastards or boneheads or bastards and boneheads. I forget the name of the author, but pretty much it's a way of looking at history and of like political figures is like whether or not they were a bastard who like say what you will about them. They get things done or a bonehead who just like got pushed around all the time or just sucked. Mm. So like it's, it's a really great way to start like a, a debate about a given political figure is like, Oh, were they a bastard or a bonehead? Yeah. So like Nixon, probably bonehead. No, Nixon was a bastard. Johnson was definitely a bastard. Nixon. I can see the argument on either way, but whatever. It doesn't matter. And, and, yeah. So it, but the thing is like the Pierre Elliott Trudeau is absolutely a bastard, a bastard. And it, I think it is too early to call. Like, we can safely say that Justin is tending towards being a bonehead, JT's, but we'll have yeah, to see. Yeah, definitely bonehead adjacent, at least. So, I just want to run through really quick, like, what this... So, they, the NDP posted, like, a joke U.S.-Canada agenda of this meeting. Mm -hmm. And so, it's got, like, number one, greetings and congratulations. Two, open discussion on shared priorities. So, it says, the Buy American Executive Order. It's crossed out in red pen. It says, nope. So, first of all, fucking owned. Um, resources, Keystone XL, um, underlined in red pen with an arrow pointing to, yes! Crossed out fossil fuel subsidies, lol, no. Xed out Biden's executive order on $15 an hour minimum wage, Biden's COVID student loan repayment freeze, national paid sick leave options, all know who made this, all crossed out in red pen. So I think the idea... They're making fun that, of Joe! 
they're they're making fun of Joe and they're making fun of Justin. I mean, they're just getting their licks in, like they're they're posting, you know, and then crossed out Pharmacare, and then it's like in quotes WGAF because you know it's still the NDP's Twitter. They can't say who gives a fuck, um, but they do it in like the Canadian government way. Um, who gives a like, funnel duddle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's your peer reference. <laughs> which which rules? Yeah. Um, and then like, you know not my responsibility to federally run vaccination clinics. Like uh, just like getting their licks in at both governments while, you know, being the fourth party (laughs) in terms of seat count on the federal level, which I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like this, like Malcolm, I know you're not convinced of the NDP's potential. And I, I know that you think that voting for the liberals is a better measure, but I think no, no, the, no, no, hang on, hang on. I think the NDP, the NDP has a much better, um, it's much better representation of like you know who we are, which is just assholes who sit on the sidelines and post. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. by that metric, I think we we should both uh, cast our vote for that orange party in uh, in the next election, whenever the hell it gets called. Yeah. No, I'm not going to be voting for NDP in the next election, which will the be NDP, coming as soon as everybody gets the NDP, vaccines. Um, the NDP are the posters. Party. They are. And I think for that reason, I will be voting for them because they sit on the sidelines and do nothing. And that's something yeah. I can really respect. And that's that's me seeing myself reflected in, you know, that that's the really big thing now is like seeing yourself and your elected officials. And what more of myself do I need to see than them sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing and yeah. like m- focusing on absolute minutia? Like, yeah, pharma, like universal pharmacare would be nice, but it, it it's a larger structural problem than that. But you know, we're just going to drill down on that and make that our thing for five fucking years. My writing is a blue-red conservative-liberal swing writing. And... See, mine mine is mine is a, a red-orange, so... Okay, it's... yeah, so see, I refuse um, to have Tories um, at the provincial and federal level uh, in my writing because the Tories at the provincial level are awful. Um... So I will be voting for the Liberal Party because I would much prefer to keep the guy we've got. Yeah, just so you can stay on his on his council and post. Yeah, and also, like, <laughs> look, there's no chance. Look, JT has been handed, it's so funny, he's been handed, like, literally the worst batch of leaders, um, like, opposition leaders he could possibly have, right? Aaron O'Toole, stupid as hell. Aaron O'Toole is, like, he, he's, like, your average Republican, which is, like, considered, like, extremely dangerously far right here in Canada. But he is, like, he would be a perfect transplant for, like, a state senator from, from like, maybe not Kentucky, Wisconsin. but, like, a Republican state senator. Yeah, from, like, Wisconsin or Minnesota. Yeah. He's, like, like he kind would, of, like, a populist guy. He's just, like, a populist military guy. He's a populist think, military like, guy. Who is pretty fine on like social issues? Uh, okay, he's racist, but like he's he's he fucking sucks. He, no, he I'm look, sorry. he sucks. Like, he sucks, but he did go to a pride parade once. Yeah, so you got Aaron O'Toole, who's just stupid. You've got um, okay, I won't call him stupid. I'll call the way he's running things stupid, incompetent. Yeah. Um, you've got Yves Francois Blanchet, who is well liked uh, in Quebec and competent enough, and then just has a racism scandal every few months. Um, I mean that's that's every single Quebec. Uh, yeah, that's every party. single like, Quebec ev- politician. They they get to they like spin a wheel every like six years, and it's like oh well, 
Turns out that this staffer from this party has said racial slurs before, yep. so you guys don't get to govern. It's it's kind of like, I think that's, you know, um, like the, the prevailing ideology in Indonesia was a sort of guided democracy. I think that's the kind of guided democracy we need in Canada. It's oh, just like, there you go. At yeah, random, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. at yeah. random, one party gets chosen not to leave. You've got Anami Paul, leader of the Green Party, who needed to rig uh, uh, a leadership election with the help of the outgoing leader to win leadership of a party with literally two seats in the House of Commons. That, I mean, that's, but that's Canada. Like, that's, that's, those are the scandals we get. We don't get, like, we don't get, like, JFKs or, like, Watergates or, like, anything interesting that you can, like, write books about. It's just like, oh, wow, this party leader um, misfiled their taxes or they, they sent, they did, like, standard U.S. government shit. Of, like, awarding, like, literally the, the shit that people in Texas or, like, the energy sector gets away with in the U.S. literally on a day-to-day basis will sink any given Canadian political party. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily, like, a dig at Canada. I think it's great that we, as much as I hate this word, have that level of accountability with our elected officials. What about but Patrick kill them to have Would it kill them to have some more interesting fucking scandals from time to time? Like, come on. What about Patrick Brazo, who uh, was a conservative senator? He was the guy who lost the boxing match to JT. Um, And if you go on his Wikipedia page, uh, (laughs) uh, section one, life and career. And then section two, controversy. 2.1, two salaries. 2.2, use of CIP funds. 2.3, send attendance records. 2.4, residency controversy. 2.5, Chief Teresa Spence. 2.6, legal troubles and suspension from the Senate. 2.7, suspension from and return to Senate. 2.8, work outside the Senate. Like, this guy's controversy section is the largest part of his entire um, Wikipedia Which is, page. Which you know, just, just super cool. Like, no, he's just... not cool, dude. He <laughs> lost the boxing match to Justin Trudeau, but that man was undefeated against women. Oh god! <laughs> oh my god! It's not funny. Oh, my. <laughs> but that's what you get for a conservative oh, senator. Um, fuck yeah. Um, so yeah, Keep, I mean, look, we get sometimes so- it's just like a completely shitty human being. Like if you remember the whole yeah. McDuffie thing. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they'll. But that's just like him having a another house and like paying it off. Oh, and there was also, if you remember the the liberal disabilities guy, Minister of Disabilities, the first one, and everyone was really happy, you know, it's so cool, you know, here we got a Minister for Disabilities who's finally a disabled person, Uh, and then um, he was uh, really bad. He was sexualizing thalidomide victims when they were testifying in front of Parliament. Thalidomide victims I tend mean, to have no limbs. Yeah, it's you know what. I was gonna make. I was gonna be like, you gotta let a man post, but I really can't defend that. Like that's just fucking horrible. Yeah, can't hair. Yeah, no, it's bad. Um, it's it's. Let's see. Yeah. Um. But I mean the the, the but the, the the way that I was going with this whole like agenda NDP thing is like. The NDP is now under flack from all sides in the replies. Like, they got ratioed so hard on their on the tweet about this. Like, they're just getting fucking owned. In December 27th... Like, no, no, hold on. I just want to finish this Kent Hare thing. Because it's just... This is the type of scandal we get in Canada, okay? In December 2017, Hare was accused of making insensitive remarks to a group of thalidomide survivors. In a meeting earlier that year, the members of the group accused Hare of inappropriate touching 
saying, well, you don't have it so bad, everyone in Canada has a sob story, and in reference to the reduced life expectancy, so you probably have about 10 years left than now. That's good news for the Canadian government. What? <laughs> oh my god. Shortly after, a wife of a veteran suffering from PTSD came forward, accusing him of poor treatment during a meeting in October 2016. The woman said he was very condescending and only gave her two minutes of his time. When asked a question about the government denying maternity benefits, he replied, well, Ms. McRae, that is the old question, like asking, when did you stop beating your wife? And then when asked about support for her family, he allegedly responded, you married him, he's your responsibility. Hair resigned from cabinet yeah, I mean, January 25th, 2018, and amid two separate allegations of sexual harassment dating to his time in the Alberta legislature. But but we need we need the lived experiences of that guy. Because he, he knows exactly how to fuck over disabled people, so he's just going to keep doing that. Yeah, well, because he is and, disabled. And, you know, but back to what I was saying, like, we will never I, I can rest assured that we will never have a Canadian Trump because even like the most conservative of conservative blowhards still observe respectability politics. Like we will never have even like a Marjorie Taylor Greene. We will never have a Canadian equivalent of any of those cranks Unfortunately. just because. Yeah, I mean, it would be funny and it'd be great content for us. I mean, if, look what the Trump years did for Chapo Trap House. Think about what like. A, a, a Kevin O'Leary prime minister God, um, that would, would do own. For prime minister who doesn't all, even speak French that'd be so funny that would be so cool like ha, he would be like with a one of those like absurdly tiny French English dictionaries mm. just in like in the middle of parliament like trying to translate but monsieur main... le president notre <laughs> pays busting out busting out uh, some busting out some some Doug Ford French Doug du- Doug I think Ford we need French more rep- hilarious. We need more representations of like political fail sons who are who can barely speak French. I think I can I think if you if I ran for NDP leadership on that platform of representing just like the guys who suck at French, I think I would at least have a landslide victory no. for the leadership. That's if what not sunk, a majority uh, Angus McDonald. Yeah, well I'm different. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but I, the the other main line from like the NDP the NDP people has been like bring back Jack Layton to which I say go fuck shut yourself. The f- like, oh you- my god! <laughs> like okay, the guy that abandoned labor unions, like abandoned labor, abandoned social any I sort of socialist presence this. in Canada. Yeah, you know, just abandoning anything that made them different from the liberals. Yeah. Okay. So basically, and- like people are posting like all these libs and when i say libs i actually mean liberals as in capital l members of the liberal party supporters of the liberal party are like oh i miss jack layton can't we have jack layton back like i mean yeah of course they want jack yeah of course the liberals like him because he gave up on unions and literally struck socialism from the party manifesto to cater to like a political class form of respectability politics he basically turned the ndp into liberals but sometimes to the left of them on social issues sometimes to the right of them on economic issues like tom mulcair that's the legacy of of jack layton Jugmeet Singh. Yet another amazing, yet another amazing political fail son. Just want to say, I mean, I I really relate to him. Just co- constantly fucking up, losing what was probably a layup election. We're gonna balance the budget, guys. I mean, he rocks. Like I, I think in terms of Canadian electoral politics, he's sort of like my spirit animal. Yeah, right. Like he's he's got he's got a sort of like thin shishek going thing going on for him, which I really also love. Mm-hmm. The fact he's got that sort of vibe. The fact that the liberals were able to run to the left of the party of Tommy Douglas and Ed Broadbent. 
It's a damn fucking shame. Was in 2015 and win on it, by the way, right? Like the most leftward party did win that election. Um, is just it's it's Jack Layton politics because what happened was Jack Layton removed socialism from the party constitution and he replaced prescience of labor unions with prescience of fucking soulless wonks who only cared about winning rather than actually doing the right thing. And so they thought, hmm, Jack Layton, maybe we will Jack win the election if we do fiscal responsibility rather than actually treat like running on a platform of actually treating people right. Jack Layton is the reason we have the Canada Land podcast, and that alone is probably worthy of intergenerational punishment. It's Canada Land. Canada Land. Is that like Pod Save, but for... It's uh, it's Canadian Pod Save. Podcast he, Network? He's not the direct reason. Yeah, it, it's a bunch oh, of... Oh, I'm just looking just... at the host right now. This is bad. Yeah, exactly. He is the reason why that's what our politics is now. Like, you, you can... You can sort of... It's harder to pinpoint in American history, like, exactly when labor power was abandoned. Like, it's not that hard, but there's, like, probably two or three distinct periods World when War you can II. say... Yeah, when you can say, look, that's when they stopped giving a shit. And... But in, in, in Canadian politics, that's pretty fucking clear 1919. Exactly when. Oh, and, I guess you could also say, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um. Yeah, and, and so I, I think, like, this is sort of where we're at. You know, like you can't even political... make a joke. Our left wing, our left wing party is, you know, quintupling down on. We already have a universal health care system. So what do they do? Oh, uh, everyone's everyone's pharmacy payments who, you know, rarely, rarely exceed. You know, it's not nothing, but it's next to nothing. And that's what they are like going like hounding the liberals for and that's all they're doing is they're just hounding them they're not trying to leverage anything yeah it's literally just harassment and look i think pharmacare should be free i think dentistry should be free yeah i mean look, i think I'm public transportation i'm not saying they're free. bad policies yeah. i'm i'm saying they're not asking for nearly enough to win look jagmeet's jagmeet's great he's okay but yeah, i think that's no, something I mean, we'll disagree I, as well yeah, nice guy I, though. I think I'm just I'm just yeah exactly I'm biased because I I've met him. So have I. <laughs> but he's he's you know he's he I think he could do a lot more. It's just he's he's not he's not asking for enough. I actually feel bad. I kind of ruffled up his uh suit when I was taking a picture with him. Oh, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, that's okay. He's really yeah. Anyways, um, he's a nice guy. Um, but yeah. No. Speaking of speaking of asking for not enough. No 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 no. We're not done. We're not done. Look. <laughs> Look at part four on this picture. Oh, right. Okay, so um, as we all know, um, Jenny, along with the rest of the board at Jenny Splendid Ice, has all been uh, arrested and tried and replaced with holograms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means that um, Jenny Splendid Ice and its diabolical operations have had to move north of the border. Um, this is obviously very ch- very challenging because, you know, um, how are you going to move a child trafficking operation north of the border during a pandemic that's supposed to close the borders? And, you know, what better way to move that operation up north than with something like a presidential visit? Yep. And so number four on this agenda here says propose a summertime ice cream summit at Harrington Lake. Keep in mind, this was the agenda that both parties agreed upon. So true, Basky. So... I think, you know, this is this is my theory. Um, make of it what you will. I, this is a, a Juno drop, if you will. 
similar to a Q drop, except where, you know, ours is real and QAnon's obviously fake. Um, that there was some sort of power struggle that occurred at Harrington Lake and some sort of odd transfer of power. I think it was a uh, ju- it was a raid I think between JTF two Trudeau... and the uh, Mounties Rapid Response Force. Right. So it was a sort of firefight, and because you know uh, the JTF two, um, they don't like that the Prime Minister legally can't comment on their actions. Yeah. And so it was the RCMP against JT a rogue cell. Um, that was attempting a sort of independence movement. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that means that Justin Trudeau is actually now the sovereign ruler of all of North America. I think the deal with Mexico just went through uh, the other oh, day. Oh, really? So I, I must have missed that. I think that Justin Trudeau is actually the sovereign leader of all of North America now. I'll have to I'll have to double check with my guy, but um, I will provide, we'll provide you an update next week. Yeah, How's of that? course. Okay. All right. So, yeah, moving and on. So, moving on, um, speaking of the border, oh, a new, nice segue... Um, so there was a a clip that you guys heard at the top of the show, um, of, you know, our gal, uh, our gal, Jen. How do you pronounce Polish last names? I think it's, I think, I think it's Saki. Sakis. I don't know. doesn't matter. Like, anyway, so she, you know, did the sort of White House press secretary thing of sort of shouting down a, a reporter who asked, any sort of confrontational. Oh, kind of but question. I thought like, that was only a, a Trump thing. I thought that was only Kayla no. McKenna who did that. Oh my God, I mean, look. Remember Sean Spicer? Oh, I miss him. I miss him. Yet, look, yet another. I, he would again. We should try bring him back the, the fail son, the fail son political, the fail son republic. He is absolutely like our secretary of like. I think we'll just put him in charge of like the state-run media. I think that's, like, a gig that's, like, suited for, like, a, a slightly sweaty redhead, you know? What's he doing right now? But not in, like, yeah, just, like, a slightly sweaty ginger dude who, like, really, really loves talking like this. Like, like whatever you're saying is, like, of grave importance. And he's a little bit, his voice is a little bit shaky. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think there's definitely, we can definitely find he a seat at the table dancing with for, the stars? Uh... Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? In August 2019, Spicer was announced as a contestant on season 26 of Dancing with the Stars. This announcement was met with alarm on social media and many at ABC News. Oh, what? One ABC employee told CNN journalist Oliver Darcy, it's a slap in the face to those of us who had to deal with his baloney and the consequences of the ongoing lies and disinformation campaign in the White House. Spicer responded by saying, dancing is an entertainment show. I look forward to having some fun. And if people are looking for news, I suggest they tune into a news program. Hell yeah, you get him, King. (laughs) On the first installment of this edition, the popular celebrity reality competition, Spicer wore a bright lime green shirt with ruffles, well as dancing partner's dress, prominently featured pineapples as they engaged in a salsa dance, garnering widespread media coverage. How did I miss this? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, now he works for Newsmax. Honestly? Oh, fuck. We can't... We can't have any heroes. No, he's if he works at Newsmax, that means he's he's definitely a hologram at this point. Yeah, because as we all know, uh, Newsmax are actually uh, controlled by uh, by the cabal. Several commentators have compared Spicer to Baghdad Bob, inst- information minister under Iraqi President Saddam Hussein. I mean, that's so cool. That owns. I wish I could. Uh... I love. I love it when they when they do shit like that, like like bringing back the last war. And being like, oh, he's just like this this old dictator that was you know relevant the last time that anyone cared about my take. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that as like an old media thing. Yeah, but anyways, so as you guys heard, um, Jen did her did her thing, and 
You know, it's a it's a valid question, I'd say. Uh, why the fuck hasn't Biden closed these holding facilities and reunited people with their home, with their families? Taking the kids and, you know, out of cages, stop deportation, given them like he promised. Given them an easy way to to refuge, at least refugee status, Pass so that they can, you know. Yeah. But you know what? There, since Biden was inaugurated, there's been over twenty six thousand deportations, and they just finished uh, their first got... new. Uh, yeah, so they just finished construction of their new holding facility. What, what did you call it? Like a facil a a facility for children. Yeah, right. And there's pictures of it. It's just fucking it's like rented. It's rented like containers. Like you know, you you know, you know, you like walk by a construction site like those trailers. It's literally a bunch of those set up with like what with a wire fence around it. But you know what? <sighs> We gotta, we gotta wait. We gotta wait to push him left. We gotta wait to hold him accountable. We gotta wait until after the midterms, but, guys. But yeah, but but I mean, look, it, there's no fucking doubt in my you mind know, that they lose. This is why I respect the K Hive more than Biden people. Okay, because at least someone like Taylor Swift just straight up comes out and is like, "I like Kamala Harris." You know? Yeah, they don't. They don't do the. They, they don't, don't do waffle. the. Well, they, and they don't. They don't waffle, and they don't do the. Like doubling, at, like at some level, they acknowledge that they just like the person, or they're not. At, pretending. Or sometimes, if they're not a celebrity, that they like the the policy. It's not like it's not like the the Biden people who just get their shit kicked in, right? And then ha- like having to justify, you know, the six hundred plus fourteen hundred thing. Like having to justify all that seems. I can't imagine going like. And maybe this this might be a working theory on how the K hive happened is you you stay as that kind of person as as like a six hundred plus fourteen hundred equals two thousand dollars kind of person long enough you sort of jokerify yourself and you realize at some point like deep down that you only care about the personalities and then any attack on the politician is just an attack on you mm. right and you sort of internalize that and you just become like yeah like a K hive psycho yeah. in who fairness believes. Who believes that, like, like, you know, it's acceptable that because a Bernie Sanders supporter tweeted at, like, well, this would be a good segue if I wasn't done with this bit, but tweeted at Nira Tandon, like, you suck, that it's acceptable to, like, post the Bernie supporter's address and, like, get them fucking swapped. Yeah, okay, yeah, K-Hive is, like, psychotic, but also I think that, um, I forgot what I was gonna say, it doesn't matter. Um... Oh, come on, man. No, it's not, it's not that I have something that I would not like to say on air it's that i literally forgot what i was gonna say um, you bind it you completely bind i bind it i don't know what's going on but with me. i think i think now like this whole tandem thing has been like i'm so look i'm very jealous of the people who have no idea who she is because i'm so fucking sick of hearing her name and her voice like just like get her appointed or don't don't drag it out this long like you know, there was no shot at someone who was less bad than she was, right? Like, so why why should we not be able to enjoy her demise? It's true. Or not, not, they should just confirm her and uh, get it over dear with. police officer. No, not literally enjoy her, her demise. Political, political demise. demise. But, like, the there's, like, you know, the anti-Bernie liberals. Like, fucking... We talk about him a lot on the show, and I'm worried he's going to hear an episode and then, you know, add us on Twitter or something. But Eric Loomis... Uh, does these great like you know labor history things like that's his he's a professor of the history of labor and he tweeted like earlier that oh well i guess the line of thinking from the bernie guys is that 
um, you know, Tandon, there's going to be someone better than Tandon that's going to get nominated. No. Nope. And it's like, no. 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 I just we've, don't like we've her. Made peace, we've made peace with that. I mean, her policies suck, but again, that's exactly who you're getting under a Biden administration. Like, you're not getting out of that. And it's just funny because, like, specifically Nera Tandon, like, the queen and the blueprint for the K-Hive, right? She was the mean tweets person. And that's fine. And you know what? That's, yeah, again, like, I've I've made my fair share of mean like, tweets. Like, I don't I'm think sure she Malcolm, should be kicked out point. for mean tweets. She should not get that nomination because I don't like her. She, should, she shouldn't get the nomination because she sucks. Yeah, like, like I just don't clear. like her. But I just think it's, like, a sort of cosmic justice that, like, Nira Tandon is, you know, being brought down by the same people who who brought her to the forefront, right? Like the same people that made the Center for American Progress any sort of, you know, actual serious organization. You know, people like Joe Manchin, people like Joe Manchin, who are now being like, oh, well, I don't know if I can vote to confirm her because, you know, she made some very mean anti-bipartisan posts. And it's like, that's what she deserves. She deserves to be brought down by the same fucking people who lifted her up. Yeah. And not that because of her sort post. of cosmic justice that I fucking love. No, not because of her Because post. she sent but an saying, email the... saying that Libya should pay America back for toppling their government. Yeah. With oil. With their oil. Right? Like, that's why... That's the crux of why, I, you know, I think she's a horrible choice for that, that position. Did you know that she but ran it is, a think it tank? Is a... Like, a foreign policy think tank or whatever? And that they got softer on the genocide in Yemen after receiving money from the United Arab Emirates? I mean, look, that's that's how the that's how the UAE and Saudi Arabia like survive is by buying op-eds. I just can't wait until Saudi Arabia in the next 10, 20 years uh, runs out of money and they can't do this shit anymore. Oh yeah, no, that's gonna what like that that city that they're like making Nam where it's, like yeah Nam or yeah where it's just huge. It's just big. Like they're just just like an insanely huge city. Like large, I can't, I can't wait till that money dries up or you know, it's like, oh shit, we ran out of oil. My bad. Yeah. Cause the second Saudi Arabia runs out of oil or the oil economy goes different. It's Iraq. It's Iraq again. I don't know if it's Iraq again, but it's just that they're going to have no money, right? It's like Venezuela is more what it's yeah. like. Is that when you and, have a single resource economy and that resource goes, well, uh-oh. or, or you can't trade or people are embargoing you because of how those, the money from that. The the sale the sales of your natural resources is being allocated in the country, mm-hmm. right? When you know, like Bolivia, yeah, yeah. But you know, it it has been great watching the K have jump to Tandon's defense and getting owned from like literally all sides. It's true. It's true. Like it, you know, they'll they'll get owned on like the respectability politics. Well, and, by, and like, yeah, especially the, the mansions. Specifically, what I really enjoyed seeing was when Tandon went to the budget committee. And watching Bernie Sanders and um, Lindsey Graham team up to just, like, tear her a new one was just yeah. so funny. No, hearing hearing Lindsey Graham say the words ignorant slut on, the co- on Congress is for the record, just, like, for the record, on the Senate, Senate Sanders, floor. I do not think you are an ignorant slut. That, I mean, that was, like, some sort of hyper-reality that was just like, let's, you know, let's fucking go. I'm, I'm my, buckled my friend, in. I'm ready. My friend, Bernie. I think, I think you know, when, in all fairness, Miss Tandon... Your tweets were not just uh, directed at my side of the aisle. I think you had no sh- end of nastiness for my friend Bernie over here as well. 
Which, I mean, look, hey, that's nice that sometimes respectability politics works. Let's go Bernie, respectability politics. Let's thing. bring back Jack Layton. Bernie was just a nice guy. Mm. Like, he was the guy that we that all of, you know, they were prepared to yell at him to get health care. But that wasn't because he was a bad guy. It's just because, well, like, he needed some encouragement. Even before <laughs> Bernie was, like, running for president, he was, first of all, he was the king of getting bills. Like, he didn't really pass anything, but he was the king of getting bills changed to get shit he wanted on them. But also, literally everybody liked him and respected him. Because yeah, everybody knew he, he stuck to his guns, everybody knew he had his principles, and he was nice because to people, right? the idea of a career politician is only a bad thing in an election year. Like, he was a guy that spent his entire life trying to make things better for mm-hmm. people. And, look, and he was the no true matter, like, even if you're one, Even if you are, like, yeah, a Republican fucking demon spawn like Mitch McConnell... At some level, you respect, like, game respects game when it comes to getting what you want in politics. Well, and also, one of the biggest veterans, um, like, veterans affairs bills uh, in recent history was passed in a team-up, it was from, like, 2008, was passed in a team-up between John McCain and Bernie Sanders because of something they both cared about. Yeah, like, he was good at actual bipartisanship, which is you work with the other side on the issues that you care about to get what you want, not surrendering to the other side. When you when you say, I want this, the other side says no, and you go okay. a, a fifth. Yeah, and you go, okay, or you get a fifth of what you want. Like, the, the minimum wage thing that's being tabled by Mitt Romney and fucking, what's his name, Josh Hawley, where... Yeah, you can you can get a ten dollar minimum federal minimum wage, but you also have to have like online registration to make sure that it's not any sort of undocumented people that are getting those that that are being able to get those jobs. Messed up. Like it, it's it's fucking horrifying. Mitt Romney, bad person. Stop liking him. Yeah. No, he sucks. Yeah. Well, look, I but, have problems know, with Mormonism. I think- we gotta we gotta respect the K Hive at least for committing to the pro mean tweets bit, mm. and I w- just want to say um, before we begin to move on here, um, critical support for Comrade Joe Manchin and opposing American imperialism yeah. by uh, rejecting the confirmation of noted imperialist near Tandon. Mm. But this, like, I don't know, is this some worrying trend? Yeah, like this is anti poster discrimination. We're next. We are like, <laughs> I was. I was gonna say first they came for the center. For don't American don't Progress. do that. I was not. I was not. Don't do, do that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I think we'll move on to our final little thing here. Um. This is news out of Japan. We've. I don't really think we talked about much in this podcast. Um. So recently, Japan has had a shakeup in government. They've got a new prime minister because their old prime minister, the reigning uh, Shinzo Abe, who was a Japanese political giant um he was in power for a long time and uh also um you know uh, what was he the nephew of the the devil of manchuria uh who was this brutal uh nobusuke kishi who was this brutal uh imperial japanese uh prime minister uh who uh was for a time in charge of their puppet state in manchuria and was evil uh and then ended up japanese prime minister so you know, there's a sort of ruling family dynasty in Japan, which is gone now. So they got this new prime minister, Yoshihide Suga, who Suga, rat, sorry, who was like a defense minister, and um, they he's very unpopular. Uh, and the way that America is sort of like a two-party system, 
uh, in the uh, guise of a real democracy. Japan is a one-party state in the guise of a real democracy, uh, and yet under Yoshihide Suga, um, Japan's ruling party is losing and like hemorrhaging support. So they're trying to reform things, and so yeah. um, Yoshihide Suga has, has appointed this guy Tetsushi Sakamoto to uh, a kind of a strange. This is, I mean, he's already in charge of um, <clears throat> dealing with Japan's declining birth rate, <laughs> which is a problem. Which is, you know, yeah, but you know, I would, I think we can definitely, again, like I've said before, find a seat at a table for uh, someone to be in charge of. Yeah, um, fail Sun Republic, get out there and fuck. I think that's that's definitely um, some sort of cabinet appointment that we can In have. Russia, they deal with the problem by offering economic incentives like cars and refrigerators to people who have children. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Japan's got an aging population, and because they're so racist there, um, they don't really have much immigration. So, unlike Canada, where we would have a declining population if we weren't the most immigrated to country in the world, um, Japan is has a very rapidly aging population. But so they've appointed Tetsushi Sakamoto to be the first minister of loneliness um, to oversee government policies to deal with loneliness and isolation. Um, so uh, on a news conference, Suga said that women are suffering from isolation more than men and the number of suicides is rising. Uh, and he hopes that Sakamoto will identify problems and promote policy measures comprehensively. Um, so Japan has actually like a sort of a long-running problem with this. Um, there's a type of person in Japan. It's a sort of a cultural concept, kind of unique to them, which is it's called a hikikomori, which is a person who is just so stressful uh, that they. Um, to sort of completely they, isolate themselves. They pretty much live in their room. Like it's there's Malcolm, did you ever get around to reading World War Z? No. There's actually a really I don't know if it was in the movie because I never saw it, but there's a really good story in World War Z where um it, it's like the zombie apocalypse as told from a hikikomori okay. in Japan and how he would like took his like katana off the wall and had to like fight to get to a military installation. Oh my god. Um, but I mean, with, when it comes to Japan, I mean, yeah, it's a cultural thing. It's also like, obviously, you know, there's that, there's that heckin' sickness that's going around. Well, also um, Japan is just, yeah, like Japanese capitalism is brutal and evil. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, their court system is fucking horrible. You, they have like a 99% confession rate. Um, uh, it, it's. It's not a great country. Well, there's that, but, but also, they like, have... the Japanese work hours are longer than most other countries in the quote-unquote West. Um, they're, uh, you know, women have to basically choose between being stay-at-home moms and, and working, because you have to work so much you can't do the, like, both. Um, they have very high suicide rates, I believe, that in 2020, more people died of suicide than COVID-19 in Japan, which speaks to two things. One, the effectiveness of their response, and two, suicide, the, the amount of suicides they had. Um, so, yeah, Japan is... Oh, and there are... 
guys, men who are just giving up on not only relationships, but like sex, um, and men who are just, a woman who are just giving up on dating. So, um, very bleak stuff. I mean, this is all stuff that you will see in like a, a pretty hacky dystopian novel. This is what happens you know? when you have a country that is on the up and up and then you get rat fucked. Um, you know, Japan was going to overtake America as the largest economy in the world and they got rat fucked. Um, and then instead of trying to fix it with like social democratic programs and trying to make people's quality of life better, you try and increase it by making people work more. Um, yeah. It's awful. Um, so the UK actually has, um, a loneliness minister. Um, but it's sort of a junior ministry. Hey, do you know that Joe Biden's following Chrissy Teigen on Twitter? That's so cool. Well, she was at that event with, like, who was it? It was Chrissy Teigen, Hillary Clinton, and who was the third person that was at this, Delane like, Maxwell, right? Women's Day. <laughs> no. Let me look it up. <laughs> No, it was like an international women's day yeah, so Zoom event Maxwell. or whatever. <laughs> I mean, she proved that women could do it too. Oh my god. <laughs> Chrissy Teigen, Hillary Hil Clinton. Right, I it's completely fucking escaping me because, you know, the, the speed that everything moves nowadays. Nancy Pelosi. Just, no fucking way. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Hillary Clinton and Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi Hillary special Clinton guest and... Chrissy Teigen. Let's go. I think that would oh be very God. funny because Nancy Pelosi has so... dementia. Hillary Clinton is just like completely embittered and miserable. And then Chrissy Teigen is just like batshit insane insensitive rich person with a weird horse thing. Yeah. Who likes weird horses horse more, Vosh plus... or Chrissy Teigen? <laughs> Weird, weird horse thing, um, loves telling stories about what was the most, what was, you know, the, the craziest thing a waiter has ever done to you. One time they brought us a $13,000 bottle of alcohol and we didn't even get to frickin' finish it. Or, yeah, or like all the shit about how she like basically abuses her maid. Or, yeah, the, the yeah. horse thing. Um, just, just really cool. Like that's, I think that's, you get a certain amount of money and that's just kind of who you become. It's just some people are way better at suppressing it than others. Yeah. And I think it's just really cool of her to, like, not give in to the, uh, you know, the psychiatric industrial complex. Yep. Not entering that that sort of... That, well, no, because the horse thing system. was actually part of a psychiatric industrial complex. If you remember, Chrissy Teigen said, um, my therapist says I need something that I do just for me, as I have absolutely oh. nothing currently. Today begins my journey yeah. to the horse world. I hope yeah, this right, makes me. Yeah, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely nothing, huh? Absolutely nothing in the pandemic? You sure? You sure you have absolutely, you have absolutely nothing. nothing, Chrissy? Fuck. He's so handsome and appears lazy. I love. Um. And then, oh yeah, and then and then someone replied, "Is he? You know?" And then Chrissy Teigen replies back to that, "God, I hope so." Like I think it was like referencing like, "Is he? You know?" Like, is he a gay horse? No, is is he hung like a horse? And then Chrissy Teigen See, I, says, God, I hope like, so. But the the charitable reading of that is the is he you know is like, a, like is he gay? So it's like her jokey, like, oh, haha, ha, I hope I have a gay horse. Which, having said that out loud, isn't it isn't much better. Oh, and it's then not... someone says, is he what? Is he hung like a dot dot dot? Oh, shit, he thought he meant gay, lmao. 
thank God I do not care about my horse's giant peen. Oh my God, why? Just, like, so cool. This is, but again, this is the kind of person you become when you make enough money that, um, you know, you, you take a specific plane places. Um, and I you, forgot you about that. Did, did she right, actually? Yeah, both her, and, both her and John Legend, yeah. Wow, total girl boss. I know. Again, proving that women can do it too. Who else is on the flight logs? Hey, also, speaking of girl bosses on that list, Hillary Clinton's also writing a political thriller. Oh, good for her. Her husband wrote one with James Patterson called The President is Missing a little bit ago. Uh, that ended Inshallah. up being about a conspiracy by Russia and one faction within the House of Saud to discredit and get the president impeached so that they could, uh, I don't know, put someone else in power. Um, when did he write this? Sorry. Was this after he got impeached? Well, this was from 2018. Oh. <laughs> um, Hillary Clinton's is about somebody who has to sort of... Um, uh, 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 assemble a group of people to stop terrorist attacks or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's so, so cool. you know, it's 100% going to be the Russians... Uh, and so there's, gonna be, there's probably going to be like a kind of a, a muscular military veteran congresswoman who's probably in on it. I mean, I'm so I'm so hyped up for like any sort of content that will drive the QAnon psychos insane. I think any like the Pete Buttigieg like Amazon documentary is obviously meant to drive like left Twitter insane. And then the the Hillary Clinton political thriller is obviously intended to drive the QAnon psychos insane, right? Because like Hillary Clinton writing a book, a, a non like a fiction book about politics, like come on, they're literally they're baiting them right now. They want it's like come on, lose your fucking minds already, just do it. Yeah, um, yeah. So Duncan learns President Duncan learns that this terrorist had been sponsored by Russia and a faction in the House of oh, Saud, both of whom yes. wanted to weaken the superpower status of the U.S. so they could expand their I mean, territory hey, without inf- interference. You know what? You know what? Critical support for dismantling U.S. hegemony. The president's popularity soars and impeachment talks are dropped. This oh, is like... Yeah. Th- no, you know what this it's, is? It's, this a is sh- like, it's a really shitty episode of The West Wing. You, no, it's like, it's like um, Liam Neeson movies, right? It's sort of like how <laughs> Liam Neeson's wife, right? She died that horrible, very preventable death that he felt that he could have probably... He probably feels a lot of guilt over um, because she refused help after hitting her head and then she died right and now every single movie he makes he rescues a woman love interest from duress as a coping method for the fact that his wife died like that's what that feels like to me for bill i didn't know i didn't know that about liam neeson i know it ruined it it actually completely ruined liam neeson movies for me jesus christ because it makes it really sad i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that's just bleak oh my god i know i can't even enjoy any of the taken movies now well i mean the first one's about rescuing his daughter so it's fine yeah, I'll, uh, you know what? No, no. And honestly, Taken movies, not that good. No, they're not. I mean, as far no, as action it's, goes, it's, movie, I, it's not. It's an action movie that I will put on and go, huh? That was certainly an action movie. Yep. It had a couple cool scenes, but it's not like a John Wick or a Tenet. You know, Tenet owns man. Tenet rules. It look. It rules. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think we're both it's done. Just, eh? It's like, yeah, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Robert Pattinson went backwards? And, like, immediately I was just so invested. I'm like, fuck yeah, Christopher Nolan. Just inject that shit. To their listeners, every time there's a meme or something where something goes backwards, I send it to Declan. I just say, Tenet. But, yeah, I think we're I mean, both done look, for today. It's the been movie, a shorter episode. Yeah. 
yeah i mean whatever hopefully we have some big things on the way um i'm probably being left on red by a certain someone who we might have invited to the pod um but we'll cross that bridge when we get to yep. it and uh until next time i've been, I've been welcome thank you so much for listening